Welcome, welcome. I am Deb Creer, the socialite. I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to promote themselves and their businesses through social media. And I really do thank you for being my friend. I hope we're connected online. And we'll talk numerous times about how you can do that. But today I want to thank my friend who is here with me um, because we're going to be talking about the promoting yourself side of using social media. So I am joined today by Donna Shannon. And Donna is an absolute delight. I am so glad that she is here. But, <coughs> excuse me, she is not the feel-good career coach that you might expect. For over eight years, she worked as the grumpy recruiter who never let your resume get through to the hiring manager. You know, we've all wondered. We, we knew that happened. We knew there was somebody who did that, and it was Donna. Since 2004, she has been teaching effective job search strategies to bypass the corporate guard dogs just like her. She's presented at national conferences, including Dallas, San Francisco, and San Diego. Through her consulting business, the Personal Touch Career Services, Donna offers top-quality resumes coaching and specialized training for job seekers across the country. And she has written a wonderful book. It is now in its second printing. So it is, or it's its second edition, How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy. So welcome, Donna. I'm so glad that you're able to join me today. Hi, Deb. I'm really happy to be here, too. Great. Well, let's talk first in, you know, in, in our first little session here about kind of in general. You know, okay. how do we get past those guard dogs? Whether it's, you know, that you've sent in a resume or you're making a phone call. Yeah. How in the heck do you get noticed when you're, you're in a career search with, you know, the 500 other people who also applied for the same job? A lot of people don't realize it takes a two-prong approach for any job that you want to apply to. Right. First of all, you have to do everything HR tells you to do the way they tell you to do it. Right. So that's you have to formally Follow apply. Follow their rules. Exactly, exactly. More than 50% of the people who apply to the job are going to get cut because they didn't follow those simple mm -hmm. instructions. So there's that. You must go through the HR department. But the second side, which is actually more important, is you need to get to the hiring manager directly. There's a number of tools to do that. That's actually the part of your job search that takes a lot longer ah. than dealing with the HR department ever will. Cool, cool. So what are some tips to get, you know, in, in past those? Because I think that's the thing. We all assume, well, we shouldn't break the rules. So mm -hmm. how do people do that in a way that is still polite, respectful, but gets us past that guard dog person? Well, there's a when you're dealing with HR, while they're the guard dogs and they might feel like your enemy, just realize what their mindset and their job they're is. They're doing their job. Right. They have to cut 90 to 95 percent of all oh. candidates who apply, even more with the high kind of numbers that are people mm -hmm. are competing. But uh, all those statements of like no phone calls, please, mm -hmm. those are meant to deter 90 to 95 okay. percent of the applicants. And a lot of people don't realize that no phone calls does not apply to the management team. Oh, okay. And uh, usually where I suggest people start off when you're reaching out to hiring managers is send them a separate proposal. That's okay. a separate cover letter, targeted resume, very personal mm -hmm. to that individual. What can you do for this company? Okay. It's not about you. It's not about how wonderful you are. It's what can you do to help this okay. person and their company, of course. So how would be some phrasing that we would go? So, so I wouldn't be saying, I can bring or I can do, right? We're not going to do the I verb or I pronouns. We're going to be doing more about them. Well, let me give you an example okay. of, of what a typical cover letter sounds like. You know, 
I am very interested in your position as an executive assistant. As you will notice by my attached resume, <laughs> I have 20 years of experience supporting C-level executives in high-pressure situations. If this sounds like anybody's cover letter right now, I am so sorry. <laughs> However, listen to the difference. We take this same highly skilled executive okay. assistant and start off with a unique grabber. What do you think is the most important thing for an executive assistant? In my past 20 years, I think being on the ball, dedicated to your goals to make sure you can accomplish your work every day, has to rank pretty high. Nice. And then they go into mm -hmm. how they can do all of those right. things. See, it's all about three things you need to prove. You need to prove either how you can solve problems, mm -hmm. how you can make money, mm -hmm. or how you can save money. Ah. If you can do all three, that's, that's wonderful. That's really good. Yeah. But usually pick one of those. Mm hmm you know, how can you solve problems, save money, or make money? Because okay. those are the things that the managers care about. Nice. Well, and, and I think we all, you know, in when, when I've been applying for jobs, I certainly have done that. You know, I meet all of your criteria, and I might even pick a couple of the things that they said, you know, in the, the job description. Mm -hmm. You know, I am highly proficient or proficient at doing da-da-da-da-da. Right. And because I think they're looking just for the words that they see in or that they have put in their job description. But it, it sounds like to me you're, you want to go a step beyond that. Right. You can y still use key words okay. and use them in an intelligent and creative mm -hmm. manner. And that's going to get a lot more attention, whether it's being read by the HR screener or by the CEO of the company. Right. Because, you know, I, a lot of times the, the screener is, you know, the person that's wandered in almost, you know, an intern. Um, well, they don't trust it to interns, but it is the entry-level people. Okay. And uh, just like if there's a computer doing the initial mm -hmm. levels of screening, people have probably heard you have to have the right keywords. Mm -hmm. That is true. That doesn't mean you have to use them boring. Right. Mm. Nice, nice. Well, and that's then where that second level of contact comes in, mm -hmm. you know, where, where you're sending that. Now, how do you find these people? You know, because that's most of the time it doesn't, you know, it might just say HR manager. Uh -huh. You know, you, you might go to their website, and mm -hmm. and if anything, you might get the, the senior person. Well, that might not be the, the appropriate. How the heck do you figure out who to contact? Uh, here, I'm going to give you a secret. Okay, everybody, pay attention. Yeah. Anybody on the management team is your target. Ah. Because a lot of times you can't tell specifically which manager it's going right. to be. So if you hit the all the management team mm -hmm. and you found out, okay, I'm going for an HR position or I'm going for a sales position, there's a VP of sales in this department, there's a VP over here in this other division, I'm not sure which one to send it to, so I'm going to hit them all. Mm -hmm. And what happens is maybe your target is Bill, mm -hmm. but your email got opened by Joe. Right. So Joe reads your email and goes, oh, this isn't for my job. This is mm -hmm. for Bill's job. So he emails it over to Bill. Right. And guess what? Bill goes, ooh, Joe sent me this. That's right. So Bill actually opens it and mm -hmm. reads it when he may have ignored you. Ah. So that's why you hit everybody on the management team. I have been known to send a resume for a receptionist mm -hmm. to the CEO of a company. Hmm. And that person got the interview with the HR department. And the mm -hmm. first question she was asked is, our CEO wants to know why you are so interested in our company. So you got the CEO's attention as opposed to just sending it to dear HR consultant. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You, you got to be a little mm -hmm. bold. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I I uh, teach at Metro State, uh -huh. and I have made it an extra credit assignment for all of my students today to listen to this program, and most of them have never had anything besides you know just kind of a, a 
uh, an entry-level type of position right. uh, because they are students and they are fa- fairly young. So they, several of them told me, they said, that just seems like way too, too in your face. And, and it's not. It's really not. They are used to getting business communications all the time. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, the person who goes the extra mile does that extra work to reach them. Mm-hmm. They have a higher level of respect for that because ah. it shows that you have the follow-up mm-hmm. skills. It shows that you have, you know, the initiative to mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, you will need to be in the top one to ten percent of it, right. all the candidates mm-hmm. out there. And most people are going to be deterred by those social mores. They don't want to reach out. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the things I love about LinkedIn and mm-hmm. social media right. is that it's broken down those barriers mm-hmm. and those fears mm-hmm. a lot. Right. You know, and, and at the very least, you get ignored. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I, that's and and but at the most, you do get noticed by the mm-hmm. CEO, by by whoever you send it to, and to me, that's that's obviously what you want because there's so many candidates out there for one position. Um, right. I was talking to somebody the other day, a friend of mine who has applied for a, a fairly high level position that takes a high level of experience. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, you look at it and just you know, rough guess, there'd be maybe twenty people in mm-hmm. town that that would have this experience. 228 people applied for that position. Yep. So, of course, the first pass is somebody getting rid of 220, you know, or 200 at least of those resumes. Right. And, you know, and, and now what she did was she, of course, found a champion there, just like what you're saying, who hand-walked her resume in. Right. Now, it, it was somebody that she knew, but you're saying it doesn't really have to be somebody that you know. A lot of times you're not going to know somebody in the company. Okay. And uh, it... It's about doing the research to make sure you're relevant. Okay. And then customizing what you're doing to that individual. Mm-hmm. Um, every now and then, about every six months, I put myself in a lukewarm job search to make sure what I teach people ah. is still relevant. Oh, nice. That's why there's a new edition of the book mm-hmm. out now. The first edition was published in 2009, mm-hmm. and we updated it for 2012. Mm-hmm. And this particular position, it was for an HR job in here in Denver, and there was an HR manager, a VP, out in San Francisco, and there was another one here. And it's all like trying to figure out a little bit mm-hmm. more about the right mm-hmm. person. Read in his LinkedIn profile, he was a retired one-star Army general. Ah. In my past, I have helped retiring military, Army-specific um, enlisted aides coming mm-hmm. out, getting positions in the private sector. Mm-hmm. So in my cover letter, I customized it all to that, the military experience, the understanding of the culture. Wow. Even if I hadn't worked in the Army myself. And, mm-hmm. of course, I got the interview. Right, because you got his attention. Right, because it was personalized. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, it does have to be authentic. Yes. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it was funny. I had one of my students said, well, you know, can I make it up? I said, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> You can try, but yeah. it's going to bite you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and probably come back and bite you in a way that gets you tossed out on your little ear. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and so you always have to, to be authentic about that. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about what to put in in your LinkedIn profile in, in a little bit. But, you know, talk about more how people just research in general. You know, do you Google, say you find Bob Smith is, is the person that you want to, mm-hmm. do you Google him? I mean, you know, we're, we're going to talk about LinkedIn. But, right. you know, how do you find out those little snippets of what might pique his interest? Google is always a wonderful piece. If you don't know the name of the executives at any particular company, you can put in the Google search terms. Uh, I'm going to pick a company out of the air. This is not an endorsement, but, (laughs) you know, CenturyLink Mm -hmm. executives, Denver, Colorado, you Mm -hmm. throw those search terms into Google, Mm -hmm. it'll start populating names. Okay. 
So that's one way to find out some of the names. There's right. other free websites like uh, manta.com, mm-hmm. like a manta ray, ah. M-A-N-T-A, manta. Mm-hmm. That has information on small and medium-sized businesses, mm-hmm. including, again, the names. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one, Zoom Info, like Zoom Zoom mm-hmm. Info.com. That's one that recruiters use to target mm-hmm. the hiring managers. Right. So now you've got the name, so what? Right. Everybody goes, I don't know how to get right. in touch with this yeah. person. Well, there's ways to find even the right email address mm-hmm. if you read a website cleverly. Mm. And I've got a whole book of these. So I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm trying to give you some. That right, right. Because we, and we want people to get your book. So we'll tell later about how they can do that. Right. But uh, one of the techniques to, to look at, and this will also show you more people in the company too, mm-hmm. is every company out there has a media room or press releases. Ah. Not all of their press releases are going to get picked up by the news, Mm -hmm. but every single one of their press releases will be on their website. And in the body of that press release, they're going to have a contact person. Ah. It gets better. Contact person, name, phone number, email address. So you'll find out the format that they use. That's right. Or maybe use. Right. So if you're going after Bob Smith Mm -hmm. at ABC Company, and their PR person is Jane Dot Smith. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now I know Bob's might be Robert Dot Smith or Bob Dot Smith mm-hmm. at abccompany.com. Cool. And that's a way that you can get in directly to that person without having to call and say, "Hey, I want to send a resume to Bob Smith. Yeah. Can you like give me the email address?" Yeah, and and then you get info at <laughs> right. They, yeah, the screener says, "Nah, not so much." Yeah, they just say, "No, you'll have to submit your resume mm-hmm. through the HR department because right. cool. that's what receptionists are trained to do." When you say, I want to find Mm -hmm. out who the hiring Mm -hmm. manager is. Nice, Mm -hmm. nice. Well, we are ready for our first break. So when we come back, we're we're really going to get into LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we, if you've never been on the site, you know, how do you start setting up your profile? What are the first steps? You know, and then how do you build your connections? And then how do you really leverage that to reach out to people in when you're searching for a job? Yep. Mm -hmm. Great. Miles from your nice warm bed. You just remember what your old past said. Boy, you've got a friend in me. Yeah, you've got a friend in me. Thank you. 
Well, you do have a friend in me. I'm Deb Creer, the socialite. You can find how to connect with me on the Mile High Radio page. Uh, just go to to my show page, and there's all the information there on how to connect with me. And I do hope that you will connect because, you know, I love doing this. I love working with people to show them how to use social media as a great tool to promote yourself and your business. And today we're here talking about how to promote yourself because, in essence, when you're searching for a job, the product is you. Right. You know, and, and so we're, we're really wanting to do that. So first, we need to tell people, though, my guest is Donna Shannon. And so the, the very first thing is tell us how we find you. How do we connect with you online? How you can find me? Well, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Of course. So um, <laughs> it's under Donna Shannon. And uh, I have my own website, thepersonaltouchcareerservices.com. Great. You can find me on Facebook under DonnaShannon.CareerCoach.com. Um, Facebook. But I do have to be clear, there are two pages on there <laughs> that have my name on them, mm-hmm. Donna Shannon. If it's me in a squid hat, <laughs> you don't want to connect with that one. If it's me in a suit, that's the one you do want to connect nice. with. So there's your lesson of what not to do today. Yes. When I started my personal Facebook page oh, several years mm-hmm. ago, you know, I followed all the prompts that I just put in my name and didn't mm-hmm. think about build business usage right. later on. Yeah, because that was, we originally went on just to have fun. Right. And then um, didn't, started finally building the business mm-hmm. side of it because I built up my LinkedIn profile first and those connections first. Mm-hmm. And in the past year, I've started been doing business on Facebook. Right. And uh, was starting to do some business posts on my personal mm-hmm. page. And then I did the day where I did the famous quote from Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> In relation to a news article I wrote ah. about snakes in a plane. Mm-hmm. And if you know the movie, you know the, there's so many, you, you, we can't yeah. even mm-hmm. say it. Yeah, so, we get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not the kind of post you want to do with no, business related no, no, information. No. You know, and, so. But that brings up a really good point, especially, you know, for, for maybe my students who are listening or, or anyone. You do have to have a good online reputation. Yes. Or mm-hmm. be able to, hide what what you don't want out there. So maybe you do have a Facebook page and you're talking about, you know, what you're doing over the weekend and it's not exactly something you want for public consumption. That's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's more than acceptable. And so do a, a page then for your, your business, you know, for, right. or, and, and maybe your business is you at the moment. Well, if start a whole new account mm-hmm. for your job search or you don't believe in that That's one. actually against Facebook's terms of service. And they will delete both if they discover that. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. So no, mm. no, bad, bad. Now, you know, you can use a nom de plume. Mm. <laughs> so you can have a fake name. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's it is against Facebook's terms of service. So you just have to, to watch that. Um, you know, but I know a lot of people who have done that. And, and you know, it is pretty unusual when they find somebody that, that they delete. Yeah, because my it's, son has 10 yeah, different accounts. Yeah, so it's that he more can somebody turns somebody himself. in. That's yeah. where they, they <laughs> discover it. And we know that you're always so professional. That would never be. A problem, of course. Um, but you know, let's let's go back to first. Why should somebody, whether they've been, you know, they're they're fifty years old, and in the job market, or you know, they're a twenty five year old, twenty three year old, why do they want to be on LinkedIn? Well, first and foremost, there's over a hundred million users on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. and the vast majority of those are in management. Right. So right away, there's a connection with a whole base of business people that you did not have access to before. Mm-hmm. So that right there is important 
for a number of different reasons. It could be promoting for a job search. It could be connecting with other professionals in your industry. You can even use that to create connections in a new industry mm -hmm. if you're making a job change. So those are just a few Great. of the examples. Well, you know, and, and I think one of the questions I get the most is from people who don't have a lot of career history. Mm -hmm. They think, well, LinkedIn is only for the 40 and up crowd who have 20, 30 years of experience. Why would somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience want to be on LinkedIn? Well, first and foremost, it's them dang guard dogs and yes, HR. Yes, HR people. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I know that uh, this is a common frustration for new graduates. Every entry-level job out there requires two to three years' experience. Mm -hmm. But how do you get the job when you right. don't have the I know. experience? There's that catch-22. Right. So it's about how do you make an impression on the hiring manager and starting to build a professional LinkedIn profile, which highlights some of the work you've done in school, right. which talks about your potential, mm -hmm. which talks about where you want to go and your passions and your talents mm -hmm. and all those things that hiring managers care about. Then you can start making mm -hmm. some direct connections uh, at least with people of influence in your mm -hmm. target companies. Right. Well, and, and of course, the nice thing about LinkedIn is it is professional. So mm -hmm. you're not going to have the posts there that, that you know, you wouldn't be proud for the whole world to see. But the other really cool thing is it, it does allow you to put your interests out there and, you know, maybe your volunteer experience, all of those things, you know. So maybe you play sports in high school, in, in college, whatever. You know, maybe you were the manager of the team. Right. Well, just because you're the manager of a sports team, people go, eh. Well, you know, that still probably had a lot of responsibilities that went with it. Right. Um, you know, maybe you were a volunteer at your church. If you're in a, f a fraternity or a sorority, many of those require community service type of projects. Those are great things to put on your LinkedIn profile. And, and don't just say volunteer at. Yeah. You know, how much detail should somebody go into, especially if they don't have a lot of experience? Does it look funny if they get really carried away? It can. And here's where it starts to get focused on what do you want to do. Mm -hmm. There's a very big difference between a resume and a LinkedIn profile. Right. A resume is all about your past. Mm -hmm. What did you do? Mm -hmm. Your LinkedIn profile is about all about your future. Where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. So you can bring in things that are going to be relevant for the job you're going after mm -hmm. and then leave the rest off of that. Uh, for example, in your resume, you may have 10 bullet points under one job. Mm -hmm. But say not all of those are relevant. Mm -hmm. For example, maybe you used to be an accountant mm -hmm. and now you finished your HR degree and you want to be in HR. Right. So you wouldn't put all these accounting bullets down under your past work experience. Because then they're going to get stuck on those. That's right. It gets overwhelming. Mm -hmm. What you write about the most shows the most influence. Ah, and the most interest? Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, again, that's where it's future focused, not just past. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and to me, that's what the summary is for. Right. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're telling the, the story of yourself. Mm -hmm. So you've got a little past, a little present, and a lot future. Right. Yeah, what can you do for mm -hmm. others? Right. It, it's not self-serving. Mm -hmm. It's not, here's what I want from everybody on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. It's what can I do for you? How can I help you? Yep. How can we build a relationship? Great. Well, and I've talked to my students and, and other people, too, when I work with them about uh, their LinkedIn profiles, about sometimes the wording. You know, uh -huh. I've, I've had people say, you know, in the next five years, I want to own my own company. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. But... Why then would someone want to hire you? Exactly. <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> like, oh, you know, and, and, or my favorite is the one who told me, and she, she literally had this in her LinkedIn profile. I want to have my boss's job. 
That is never a good <laughs> answer, by the way. It's not. It's not. Don't use that in a job interview either. No, no I want your way. job. Yeah, <laughs> you that's know? very threatening. Yeah. Mm. Well, and, and it was funny. I interviewed somebody one time for a position who she was way overqualified. Mm-hmm. But I brought her in for the interview anyway. And it was, you know, and, and I told her, I said, you know, you, you are way overqualified. But, you know, I wanted to, to bring you in. And I said, the problem is you're going to want my job. And she looked at me and she said, you're right. I went, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're kind of ending this now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so what should, you know, you, you've just started out, so you've got your LinkedIn profile, you're kind of working on it, kind of not. Can you look at other people's profiles to get ideas of what to put in? Where do you find those people? Well, of course, you want to always look at other people's profiles. And if I, here's a frustration I hear a lot of people have with LinkedIn. They go, I don't have a paid account. I can't see anybody's profile. I don't have very many connections. Mm -hmm. I'm, like, connected to my mom and my (laughs) dad and their friend Mm -hmm. and, you know, a couple of people I used to work with. And I've been sitting here for six months on LinkedIn. I have ten connections. And nobody's asking me to be their friend. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's not going to work. What you need to do to start building some second-degree connections, third-degree connections, Mm -hmm. is start joining groups. Cool. Talk to me about groups. And you can start joining the groups before your profile is 100% complete. Ah. Here's the other thing that's beautiful about LinkedIn. You don't have to have it perfect today. Nice. You always have tomorrow to work on it and Mm -hmm. make it better. I know so many people who get paralyzed. They're like, I don't want to reach out to anyone because my profile is not perfect yet. Mm -hmm. I go, no. It doesn't have to be perfect. Let yourself evolve into your social media ah, presence. Nice. Well, so. and you know, it's it's funny. I have people who tell me that they won't connect with me on LinkedIn because I critique their profiles. No, oh. mm. no. You know, unless they ask me to, or if I see some huge glaring error. Yeah. A mm. lot of times, I don't even read their profiles. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just connect with them. But you know, so you've got the the ten connections. Mm-hmm. How do you find groups that are pertinent? Well, if you go to the um, the tops of it, I wish we were had, had a, yeah. a webinar we're, at the we're, same time. We're waving time, our but, arms. Here. Yeah, you know, we're pointing at a screen. <laughs> but uh, if you look at the the top of any LinkedIn page, it has the groups, and then you dive into that it has the groups directory. Mm-hmm. And in that, you can search for groups by various terms. Um, there's two kind of groups you want to join. Number one are large local groups. One of the biggest in Denver right now is called Linked to Denver. Linked, T-O, Denver. Linked to Denver. And it has over 20,000 group members, or it's right on the edge of 20,000 group members. All different walks of life, all different industries. So why would you want to join this? Yeah, are you going to get lost in the shuffle? Well, you're not even necessarily going to get involved in the conversations mm-hmm. on this one. You're joining these large local groups to have a group connection with 20,000 people. Ah. So that if you share a group with somebody, when you do a search maybe for, let's say, we're looking for somebody in CenturyLink, mm-hmm. and it shows that little circle next to the name mm-hmm. that says, you know, first degree connection, second degree, mm-hmm. sometimes I have group. You click on that, you can actually read more details on that person's profile than you could ah. if you had no connection whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Also, many times, and this depends on the other person's settings, so uh, if you get real frustrated because Donna said I could connect and I can't, <laughs> it, that's the other person's settings. You have okay. no control over that. But most people allow other group members to connect with them without sending the in mail. Ah. The in-mail is the email message you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. 
So this is one way you can suddenly have 20,000 group connections that you can reach out, directly contact most members without paying a cent. Ah. I love free. I know, mm. you know, and, and I know very few people who actually have the paid version of LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really just not necessary unless you're a hiring manager, mm-hmm. you know, because then you need different capability, things like that. Or, you know, and I tell people, even those that are searching for a job, start with the free version first yep. and, and then go from there. Yep. If you can't do what you want with the free ones, and if you joined groups, mm-hmm. then you might consider the paid account. Nice. I have the cheapest level of paid account, mm-hmm. but I also use it you know, as a basis for right. my business. Mm-hmm. Now, I teased you. I said there were two kind of groups you want to join. Mm-hmm. So the second kind you want to join are ones that are industry-specific for your industry. Ah. These are the ones that you get involved in the conversations. Okay. So it's either you're posting articles or you're responding to other people's articles mm-hmm. or you're getting involved in the exchanges that are happening. Because that's where you get to make meaningful connections. Right. So this is just like if you went to an industry meeting in person. Exactly. Cool. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's one of the little tricks. You know, maybe you're look you're you're currently employed, but you're looking for a job, and you don't want people to really see what's going on. Mm -hmm. By connecting with people through the groups, they don't see that activity on your profile. Right. And there's also a, a lot of people don't realize this either. When you sign up for any one of these groups, or if you're already a member of the group, you can go back into your settings and change this. You do not have to display that logo on your profile. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of groups in Denver that have gained traction where it's job-seeking groups. Right. Like uh, DTC Professionals Mm -hmm. is a very... 5280. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, 5280 is not really for Mm job-seeking. It's more like linked to Denver General Mm -hmm. Interest. But uh, Denver... Yeah, jobs in Colorado is one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Denver Jobs Network. There's several Mm -hmm. of these. Yeah, so you don't really want that showing up on your profile if you're working. Exactly. So just do not display the logo. Ah. Then you still have all the connections. Mm -hmm. You can still be involved in all the conversations. And more importantly, you get to see all the job posts that are coming through on the groups. Nice. You and and we're ready to take a break. So when we come back, let's talk specifically about that. How do you find job posts on LinkedIn? Okay. Great. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? All those nights when you've got no lights, the check is in the mail. And your little angel hung the cat up by its tail. And your third fiancé didn't show. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Troubles are all the same You want to be where everybody knows your name Roll out of bed, Mr. Coffee's dead The morning's looking bright And your shrink ran off to Europe And didn't even write And your husband wants to be a girl Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. 
We are back, and we're talking about social media, where, of course, everyone does know your name. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and you can find all of my connections on the Mile High Radio page. We are here talking with Donna Shannon. And, Donna, remind us again how we can find you, and more importantly, how can we buy a copy of this great book, How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy? Uh, The book is available on Amazon.com as well as on my website, which is the PersonalTouchCareerServices.com. That's actually www, of course. <laughs> PersonalTouchCareerServices.com. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've set up our LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. We might have a recommendation or two. Uh-huh. And, we're, and, and we've joined some groups now. How do we find jobs through LinkedIn? There's a couple of different places where jobs are posted. And it's important to understand the difference between each of these. Mm -hmm. So before you get into your groups, at the very top toolbar along LinkedIn, where it has, you know, like all all the things that you can do. Home profile contacts. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at the top page. There's a a, a section there for jobs. If you click on that, those are paid job advertisements that recruiters have placed. Right. Just like a career builder Mm -hmm. for LinkedIn. Or they put on the newspaper or post on their website, all those various things. Right. They they have newspapers still? Oh, I know. I got a job (laughs) through a newspaper one time, but that's... (laughs) I I won't even ask how long ago, but... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I had to get you on that one. I know, I know. Uh, Anyways, so those are all the paid ads. If you go into your group, then there's also a subtopic for jobs there. The first jobs you see, it says jobs. These are the same ads that have been posted by the recruiter. They're the paid ads that the recruiter actively went in and placed in that group. Mm -hmm. So that is still those paid job ads. But there's another thread called job discussions. Ah. This is where recruiters post their jobs for free. Ah. And this is more valuable because if you go and look in any one of your groups and you see these job discussions, mm-hmm. it is linked directly to the recruiter who posted it. So you get to see the recruiter, that person's profile, um, it'll have the full job description on there, how to apply for the job, and all the rest of these things. So even if that job is not to your liking, you can still you reach. Name. You, you can make You can reach out and connect to that recruiter. Mm-hmm. Now, if that job does interest you, when you apply to that job, at the same time, this is another little hidden thing. There's so many little hidden things in LinkedIn that make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at the job discussion. You're looking at that posting. If you go to the end of that posting, on the right of it, down below it says more. And you click on that, and then it says reply privately. Oh. So you can express interest in this job directly through to the link to the recruiter without letting the rest of the world know that you're interested in this nice. job. And here's the other thing that works great about this. Recruiters are always looking for ways to do things cheaper, faster, more efficient, mm-hmm. in snag competition, you right. know, snag the, mm-hmm. the candidates with the least amount of expense. Mm-hmm. So... Anybody who reaches out to them through this LinkedIn way, they will actually pay closer attention right. to. You took more time to contact them. Well, they're also testing to see how well these LinkedIn right. job postings mm-hmm. are working. So they're going to read your resume for maybe 45 seconds instead mm-hmm. of 20. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like much, but that's a huge difference right. and a real competitive uh-huh. advantage over jo- other job seekers who are not doing nice. that. Nice. Well, so I'm, I'm looking here right now. I'm in my LinkedIn profile, and, and I belong to the group called University of Colorado Denver Business School. Uh-huh. So I went to jobs, and I said, there are currently no jobs posted. 
but there are three job discussions. Right. And mm-hmm. so just to, to give people an idea about these, here's one that says um, that she has an exciting opportunity available for a senior software engineer focusing on Java in a fast-paced, fast-growing entrepreneurial environment. So, you know, it doesn't give you a lot of information, but Mm -hmm. it it does give you some. And then the next one says that she consults for a company that is currently seeking a suitable marketing professional in Colorado to join as an authorized partner. And then a little more information. Right. And then the other one is... uh, uh, CPAs looking for very specific people with very specific CPA skills. Right. And different groups are going to yield different results with right. this. And one of the things, the trend I've noticed in the past year, because I've, you know, like I said, I put myself in lukewarm job searches every six months to make mm-hmm. sure everything I teach you is current. And the trend over the past year is some of these job seeking networks, like uh, the DTC professionals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the, uh, I think uh, the Denver Job Network has a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. There are like 28 job discussion posts almost daily in that DTC professionals group. Wow. And it's not just some of these positions where it sounds like buy into our franchise or consulting positions only. It's Mm -hmm. a wide variety of jobs. Why is this starting to take off? Recruiters are finding it effective. Nice. That's why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know, say you find a job that's that's listed in the regular section on LinkedIn. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it kind of the way that it gets pre-screened there, too, that your profile has to kind of match? I've, I've heard that your profile has to match before you can apply for it through LinkedIn. That kind of depends on how... How they set it up? Yeah, okay. it, all that depends on how well the recruiter mm-hmm. set thing, sets things up. That's right. another reason why you want to reach hiring managers, because... Mm-hmm. Not all recruiters know how to use right. their tools very well. Well, and typically what they've done is they've set up an account that's HR recruiter. Right. So, you know, when you apply, now it does go straight to that LinkedIn account. Uh-huh. But it's, you know, could be checked by 20, 30 people in the department or, or whoever. So you still want to look for that name. Right. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, what are some other tips for finding jobs on LinkedIn? Let's see, some other tips for finding jobs on LinkedIn. Uh, there's, of course, reading through all the other opportunities. One of the big things that you'll hear people talk about all the time is uh, you want to be on LinkedIn so recruiters can search you up and find you. Mm-hmm. That works if you're in a highly specialized industry. Okay. Or um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you an example. Interesting thing happened the moment that I hit over 500 connections and I have over 20 recommendations. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden, I was getting contacted from other career coaches or coaching companies Mm -hmm. who wanted to recruit me to work for them as a consultant career coach. And um, actually, I have a relationship right now with CDC Careers Mm -hmm. that way. Ah. They sourced me. Mm -hmm. So everybody gets real excited when they hear that. (gasps) Oh, I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I will be found. I'm going to be a passive job seeker. Right. Just like, you know, you'll be found like the starlets in Hollywood. Your chances are a little better. This is not American Idol? No, sorry. (laughs) But notice what happened. I had to have over 500 connections. Mm -hmm. You kind of hit that magic touch point. That's the magic number, 500, Mm -hmm. and the 20 connections plus a very keyword optimized Mm -hmm. profile with all the right terms. Mm -hmm. Now, in the past, when I was doing active recruiting myself, I did some work in the biodiesel industry. 
which is like green. That's pretty specialized. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's renewable energy Mm -hmm. for anybody who doesn't know. And we are trying to fill very specific positions. Mm -hmm. There's only a few people in the country who know how to do that. So you could do some pretty good keyword searches. Right. That's exactly where Mm -hmm. I was starting to do that. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's as we were talking about this, it just uh, occurred to me, too, that's a great way when you're trying to write your profile is to, to search for those keywords, even if it's not, you know, maybe it's somebody who is in Europe that has their profile on LinkedIn, the terminology is probably still the same, you know, and, and so you can see, okay, this is how they're phrasing it, you know, all of those mm-hmm. various things to give you an idea how to, to start writing your profile. That's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Then you want to whip out your thesaurus right. and put in every possible option you can do. It, you don't want to start off your summary with that. I want to be mm-hmm. very, very clear. Uh, summaries need to be written as if we're having a conversation. Right. I want to engage you. Mm-hmm. So boring, dry summaries, throw them out. <laughs> don't do that. If your summary starts off with results-oriented professional with 20 years of experience <laughs> in dynamic teams and <laughs> proven results, that's don't do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> um one of the biggest compliments I ever got was somebody met me in person and they go, you are the exact person that I met online. Ah. I'm like, well, thank you. That yes, was the goal. try very hard for that. Yeah. So anyways, with the keywords, when you get into your specialties, that's where you want to throw in a, a keyword blast. A keyword blast is every possible configuration of the words that a recruiter might look for. This is more than would be on your resume. Right, because it'd look funny if you had all of those words right. just imper- appearing in one place on your resume. Right. Um, sometimes IT will, people will do that and mm-hmm. hide it in the footer, but that's that's an IT thing. Um, this is what this is supposed to be. It's a section of keywords. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it needs to be every configuration. So if you look me up, I'm a... Um, I'm a teacher, speaker, presenter, professional speaker, uh, all, all variations mm-hmm. of the terms, you know, teacher right. or speaker, mm-hmm. because somebody might be looking for a speaker, mm-hmm. somebody might be looking for a teacher, and somebody else wants to take workshops. Mm-hmm. So I you wanna, need to have all of that in there. Right, because I want to show up with all of those possibilities. And the same thing with the skills section, too. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I started uh, reworking mine, because as you said, it's always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So I was going through, and I thought, okay, well, I should only use PR professional. And then it came to marketing professional. Okay, well, that's me, too. But then it said PR and marketing. I thought, but didn't I say that already? And then it dawned on me, no, I should have it in there again. Yep. Yep. More key words, more key terms the more likely you're going to show up. Mm-hmm. And even the things that you might think really redundant, if it says Microsoft Office, you have to put Word, Excel, and PowerPoint because right. mm-hmm. sometimes people are looking for those specific mm-hmm. things. You know, and, and, and the basics do apply because mm-hmm. most job descriptions, even for, you know, a fairly high-level position may say, you know, that they're looking for somebody who's proficient in Microsoft Office or, you know, Excel right. or, or all of those so if you skip them, you know, it might be kind of the red flag. And, again, there's so many people applying for jobs, you don't want to eliminate yourself before you ever had a chance. Right, right. And also because you're reaching out directly to hiring managers, mm-hmm. they're going to go look up your LinkedIn profile. Right. So they are going to It's kind need, of your first interview. Right. You need to have your skill sets listed mm-hmm. there so that they can see the value of what you bring. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, let's let's talk just a little bit more about the keywords. Okay. 
do you now say you're applying for five different jobs mm-hmm. and they all kind of vary with their keywords? Does it make you look kind of schizophrenic if you have all those different words in your profile? <laughs> I, <laughs> what I, the I wouldn't heck do you do? Uh, I would have preferred to put multi-talented That's it. instead That's it. Okay, of okay, we'll be multi-talented. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, here's the thing: everybody in the world is starting to recognize what keywords are and why you put them in. Mm-hmm. You know, you see it on your YouTube account. You right. see it on your mm-hmm. your puppy mm-hmm. videos and your baby videos. It's not so weird as it might have been. Ten years ago, mm-hmm. when I first saw keyword blast showing up on the bottom of resumes, mm-hmm. at that point, that's why IT people were doing it because they they had figured out the systems right. based on keywords, mm-hmm. so they were going to flood out with mm-hmm. all possibilities. And um, it's it's a lot more accepted now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. so it's it's okay to have in there kind of the the, the multi talent list of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, would you go in? You know, I've I've talked to people who they've written their profile and you know they've never touched it again. Yeah. Mm. How often should you update? You know, maybe you are actively in the job market. If you update too often, does it look bizarre? You know, so maybe, you know, HR person looked at it and then HR person two looked at it and then HR person three looked at it and then they went back and it was different every time. Does that look a little strange also? If it's changing every week, that might be a flag. Mm-hmm. It's... What I usually suggest to people is take a look at your profile at least once a month. Uh, you might need to change it every three months, okay. but at least be aware of what's on there. Make sure you've got there. those good industry terms and, and yeah. things like that that are in there. Right. Not to mention LinkedIn's coming out with different changes all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, a few months ago, they didn't have the skill sets coming up in their pretty mm-hmm. optimized you right. know, bubble words like they are now. Mm-hmm. That's a newer development. If you're not looking at your profile and looking for those updates on there, how will you know that you're using the most current tools? Mm-hmm. You have to look right. at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and one of the things to keep in mind, too, is while you're first doing this, especially, you know, or, or maybe you've gone back through and you're doing major revisions, every time you do a change, it's going to blast to your connections. Well, right. that might get a little annoying and or start waving red flags to people that, hello, I'm looking for a new job. So go into your settings and change that. Yeah. You know, turn that feature off so that it's not you change your job title. You added a, a job career. You added this. You added that. And, and because, yeah, people are going to look at that and go, oh, what the heck is Deb doing now? <laughs> but then again, if you are in an active job search and you maybe you're in people. a situation mm-hmm. where you're unemployed, mm-hmm. where that's not going to be an issue, then you do want your network right. to receive those updates because they that way mm-hmm. you stay fresh in your mind. Well, mm-hmm. and you know, just changing your job title might not do anything, mm-hmm. and they, they skim over that. But then they see something else, and then they see something else, and then you've piqued their interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, is there anything else on LinkedIn? And, and we'll talk, you know, when we come back about just kind of social media in general. But anything else on LinkedIn specific about things that you really should be doing in your career search? Another area you want to take a look at is the questions and answers. Ah. Just like, you know, the jobs are up in the top border, mm-hmm. that's where you find the questions and answers sections, too. You can do this with two strategies. Number one, if you want to establish yourself as an expert in anything, mm-hmm. You start answering questions that you're qualified to answer, right. of course. You know, you could start, you know, flinging stuff around, mm-hmm. but uh, you're not going to get a whole lot of positive <laughs> results <laughs> if you don't know what you're talking about. You pretty well just get ignored. Yeah. Um, so that's one strategy. And there's a lot of people who have built their business on being that expert, mm-hmm. especially if you've got any consulting going on while you're looking for a job. Ah. Establishing mm-hmm. that expertise is important. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that is... Asking questions. Mm-hmm. 
If you want to know more about a particular industry, say, for example, you really want to go into biodiesel, start asking questions about biodiesel, and you'll start getting answers from people across the country and abroad who know something about that topic. And maybe then you make a good connection with them. Right. And they lead to being a mentor. They've got a job opportunity. Who knows? Right. Exactly. That's how you start to crack into these new industries. Great. It's a great time to look for a job. Oh, I know. Nobody yeah. believes that, but it really <laughs> is because there are so many tools at your fingertips mm-hmm. that didn't exist before 2007. Most definitely. Cool. So when we come back, let's talk about social media in general. You know, okay. Should you be looking at Twitter for jobs? What if you've got posts on Facebook that you shouldn't have had? You know, what, what do we do, and how do we use these tools in a very positive way? Okay. Great. Mm. we be friends? You know, you really do need to connect with me online. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, of course, LinkedIn. But be sure to connect with me online. You can find all that information on my show page on Mile High Radio. So find that there. Um, my guest today is Donna Shannon. Donna, tell us again how we can find you and be your friend online. Well, you know, of course, you can find me on uh, Facebook, DonnaShannon.CareerCoach. I'm on Twitter at DLShannon. And, uh, of course, I'm on LinkedIn under Donna Shannon. Great, great. Let's talk about social media in general. Okay. So you're looking for a job, Mm -hmm. and you think you should be on Twitter, you know you should be on LinkedIn, and you only post what TV shows you're watching and what sports figures you like on Facebook. Okay. What about all of this? So we've talked about LinkedIn. Let's talk about the others. One of the things that you need to do is to tap your inner network. 
your inner network is all of your friends, mm-hmm. your family, you know, the people who know you. Right. You know, like, who hopefully would recommend you. Right. <laughs> you know, you worked with them before and mm-hmm. stuff like this. And it kind of extends even into like, you know, nieces, nephews, mm-hmm. aunts, uncles. That's your inner network. You have some sort of connection with cool. them already. Mm-hmm. The question comes up, how well does your inner network know you? I had my uh, aunt or my uh, niece ask me a couple of months ago on Facebook. She was graduating from dental school or something like that. And see how well I don't even know. I I don't know either. Yeah, (laughs) she was like, whatever. But see how bad we are when it comes to our inner network. So she emailed me and she's like, Donna, do you know anything about resumes? I'm like, yes. Just a little bit. I write resumes professionally mm-hmm. and have for several years now. I teach classes on it and I talk about it in my book. She goes, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. And well, then she do- then she then she dropped it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the next thing. Mm-hmm. You have a book? It's like, yes, I have mm-hmm. a book. So even if it's on, we're only using Facebook for our, our friends. Tap your friends on the shoulder mm-hmm. and remind them every mm-hmm. now and then of. Hey, did you know I'm an expert in IT? Mm-hmm. Did you realize that I'm still looking for a job right. in such capacity? Mm-hmm. And then they'll go, oh, I didn't even remember yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's always important, especially when you're looking for a job. You know, maybe you only use your Facebook page for personal posts. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine. You know, there's there's no right or wrong to, to any of this. But, you know, you still need to be professional. Yeah. You know, if you're posting on your Facebook page about your weekend binge drinking and, you know, the the fact that you're in debt up to your eyeballs and all of these, you know, maybe you're wanting sympathy or you're, you know, you're all these people are, you know, they're your friends. They're the ones drinking with you. But then if you ask them for a job reference, they're thinking, oh, um, maybe not so much, you know, because I yeah. don't want to put my own personal reputation on the line by doing that. And, and I've had that happen yeah. where family members have posted things on their Facebook pages that I really it would give me a, a reason to say I wouldn't recommend you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and and then they were kind of shocked about that. And I said, well, you know, you posted on your Facebook page that you hated your job so much that you left work early every day. Yeah. I said, you know, so why would I put my reputation on the line to refer you? And, right. you know, and, and so I think that's one of the, the tricks with Facebook is you have to remember you still need to be professional. Right. Yeah. The, and Twitter, there's a, there's a lot of different philosophies with Twitter. Mm-hmm. Number one, you want to follow your target companies because a lot of companies are starting to release uh, the job postings or at least mm-hmm. the job announcements via their Twitter feed mm-hmm. before they pay the money to ah. go post it on Career Builder or Monster or some other site. And you got to realize those postings cost four hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. And if they can just do a tweet a couple right, of times, and especially the more cutting edge or younger the company is, the mm-hmm. more likely you're going to see right. that. There's a big trend out there that uh, companies are not posting their open jobs on Monster or Career Builder. They only do it on their own page. Mm-hmm. And they're driving the traffic to that through their mm-hmm. social media because it's so much cheaper right. and so much quicker. Mm-hmm. And this sounds horrible, but they also get lower amounts of candidates, mm-hmm. so it's screening is easier right. for HR. Well, and and you knew that the person was at least semi-interested yeah. Because you were connected with them online. Right. You know, so maybe it's Southwest Air. So you're following Southwest Air's Twitter page and their Facebook page. Well, you know, then, then you also are going to pick up tips that you can use when you're, you know, maybe, maybe it talks about the, the head of HR or the head of sales in there. You're able to do your research that way too. Well, there's also things that are called trigger events. Mm-hmm. There's a real 
you probably have heard this, that most of the jobs out there are not posted, otherwise right. known as the hidden job mm-hmm. market. A hidden job yeah, market. The hidden market is bigger than the regular job market. Yeah, and <laughs> there's some truth to that, but nobody mm-hmm. knows what that means. So the hidden job market is when you contact the managers directly because you saw something that caused the trigger event. Trigger event is your trigger to send a resume. Mm-hmm. Stuff like mergers, acquisitions, large conference, yep, large contracts, uh, charitable donations. Uh, the CEO was written up in the Denver Business Journal. Those are all trigger events. Mm-hmm. And you can find out about these kind of news events through the company's social media feeds. Nice. And then when we said earlier in the interview, what do you want to tell them about? How can you solve problems, mm-hmm. save money, make money? Any of those trigger events happen and you come in with solutions for that company, they will want to talk to nice. you. Nice. As opposed to, I meet all of the qualifications listed in your job posting. Right. Right. That's very boring. Yeah. Nobody cares about that. Well, Everybody if, cares about what can you do for me. If we fall asleep mm. writing it, they're going to fall asleep reading it. Right. Yeah. If, if your toes are curling because this sounds like every other cover letter you've mm-hmm. ever seen in your life. Your instincts are right. That's not a good cover letter. And Mm -hmm. to me, it also shows that all somebody did was maybe go in and change the company name. Yeah. And they've just, they have the same cover letter, the same resume that they send out no matter what. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to care about that because to me, that's also going to show that they might not be an employee that would take initiative. Exactly. You know, and, and, and of course my favorites are the people who miss the word. Yeah. You know, and, and, or send it to, you know, it, it, when you used to go to somebody's website and you get a contact name or, or mm-hmm. whatever, and they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing the search, make sure that it's a fairly current search. You know, look and right. see if there's a date that's associated with it and, and all of those. But, but yeah, you know, I would get letters to my predecessor who hadn't been there for four or five years. Oh, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not going to pay any attention to that. You know, yeah. it might be one of the most qualified people in the world, <coughs> but excuse me, if they couldn't bother to find out my name, then, you know, no. Right. And in today's world where so much of this information is available online and mm-hmm. in social media, and especially you can find out about who this person mm-hmm. is as a human being. Right. It is unforgivable to not do that extra mm-hmm. amount of work. Well, and the the nice thing, you know, coming back to LinkedIn or even Facebook is, you know, reach out to those people and they might not be the right person. Right. But ask them who is. Yeah. You know, and they're not going to give you the name of somebody that doesn't work there anymore unless, you know, they really didn't want you to get the job. But, you know, I was reaching out to somebody the other day and I said, you know, I know that you're not the the proper contact, Mm -hmm. but would you be so kind as to tell me who I could contact? They immediately responded. The other thing that's crucial about that is... Asking just for who the contact Wait, is, you are not asking for favors. Yes. Where where people make a big mistake is everybody gets excited because, oh, you found this person on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and you're, you know it's mm-hmm. the manager and you see that perhaps it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a connection with me and I have a second degree connection with this person and you contact me and go, hey, will you put my resume through to blah, blah, blah? Mm-hmm. I may not That's know that. That's scary. Per- mm-hmm. Yeah. And that wasn't appropriate when people did it by phone calls. Mm-hmm. It's not appropriate right. now. Why? There's a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a broad network, not a deep network. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people I don't know personally. Mm-hmm. And I may not know Mr. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And for me to try to push a resume forward, mm-hmm. that's asking a right. whole lot. That is, in essence, asking for my endorsement. Yeah. And I won't do yeah. it unless I really know yeah. you and I really know them. Well, and it comes back to also the ask. Yeah. You know, tell them what you're wanting. If you just are very general and very vague, 
they might think, ugh, this is going to take me too long to figure out. You know, tell me about working with your company. Really? No. I'm mm-hmm. not going to take the time to answer that. But if you say, you know, I've applied for this position and it mentions this, can you address that? Mm-hmm. You know, then you're more likely to get a response. Um, I was uh, working with a woman one time who had applied for a position at a company in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Now, she wasn't overly thrilled about moving from Denver to Cleveland. I can't but, imagine you know, why. Yeah, a job was a job, <laughs> and, and it was a very specialized job. So she found a contact on LinkedIn who, I think he was a third-degree contact, so, you know, f- several steps removed. Right. She reached out to him but told him exactly what was going on. You know, she was flying out in a week to apply for the job. The position was this. Could he give her any insights? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he responded and said, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but oh. the company is having financial trouble. Yipes. And so she had two thoughts. The first was either that was true or the second was his buddy had applied for the job. Yeah. She was able to do enough independent research to discover that the company really was having financial problems. Wow. And she used that in her interview because wow. they were going to pay relocation. They were going to do all sorts of things. So without giving away, you know, this person's name or any information about him, she was able to say, you know, I see that the company is facing some financial difficulties. I'm not sure I'd want to move all the way out here if this wasn't going to be a long-time position. Right. And so they were able to to give her reassurances that, you know, her her relocation package would be paid no matter what. You know, she Mm -hmm. wouldn't have to reimburse it. You know, a lot of times you do a relocation and it doesn't work out. You have to reimburse. They said, no, if it doesn't work out, you know, it's it's we're good to go. We're not going to make you pay us back. So she used that LinkedIn connection to find that person to talk to. Yeah. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, we are at 2 o'clock. I can't oh, believe I can't this. Believe we have spent this whole hour. I wanted to make sure, um, let's see, let's talk about your book one more time. Sure. How to Get a Job Without Going Crazy. Mm-hmm. And where do they find it? Where do they buy the copies? They can find it on Amazon.com cool. and on my website, nice. PersonalTouchCareerServices.com. Very cool, very cool. Well, and I also wanted to talk very quickly. Next week, um, I will be a guest on a program here at Mile High Radio. That's Woo-hoo. always fun when I get to do that. I will be on the, the 3 o'clock show on Monday, which is Unsung Heroes. And we're going to have a round table. So it will be Brad, the host, mm-hmm. Diana Hall, myself. And more importantly, it will be um, uh, Mark Sanborn. Oh. <laughs> a total blank on that. Wow. Um, and Mark is the author of The Fred Factor, mm-hmm. which talks about providing outstanding customer service. So it's really going to be a fun program. So I hope that, that people will tune in and listen to me be the person on, shall we say, the other side of the mic for this. Yeah. Um, so great. I want to wrap up with speaking of the other side. The person uh, we always have to thank, the guy on the other side of the glass. Um, if it wasn't for Scott, we would not have a program because he makes this thing go. We Scott just rocks. And, yep. Mm-hmm. We just sit and chat, which mm-hmm. is great fun, but we want everybody else to hear what's going on, and we couldn't do that without Scott. So Scott, thank you very much. And with that, everyone have a great day and tune in again to hear us on future programs. You're listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening place. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.